all innovate all the time. So we really wanted to focus on not only the theoretical and the models of it, but what can we do with it? How can we use it in a very applied way? Nathan Long here, president of Saybrook University, located here in Pasadena, California. Welcome to another episode of Saybrook Insights. Today, we're going to have one of the shorter episodes, yet it's packed with fabulous information. I'm meeting back up with Dr. Robert Cleave, Specialization Coordinator for the Creativity Studies Specialization, housed out of the Psychology Program. He's got really exciting news related to that specialization and what lies in store. All right, let's get to it with Dr. Robert Cleave. Dr. Robert Cleave, man, it is so good to have you here again on Saybrook Insights. Before we get started, maybe just give our audience a quick recap of your role at Saybrook University, including your work in creativity studies. And for those of you who haven't heard Dr. Cleave, he's back, I believe, uh, mid-cycle in season six. We'll link to that in the show notes. So, Dr. Cleave? Thank you, Dr. Long. It's great to be back. I really appreciate your time. Um, so I am a core faculty member in the Department of Humanistic Psychology, and I am the coordinator for what we're now calling Creativity, Innovation, and Leadership Studies. We were formerly Creativity Studies, so we decided to update that title because uh, we're excited about some new uh, technology and some new offerings we can have through our courses. Very nice, very nice. So before we get into the nuts and bolts of the creativity studies name change itself, I think it's probably a good idea for us to ground our audience in what exactly is creativity and then what is what is creativity studies? So creativity studies was originated, I believe, around 2001 by uh, our luminaries, uh, Steve Pritzker and Ruth Richards, uh, who are who contributed so much to this program. And it's really exciting to be able to take uh, the reins and keep moving forward with this work. Creativity studies is largely around thinking about ways that we use creativity, um, whether it's in an everyday process, uh, for example, during the pandemic, people were had to be creative in order to get their kids to school or get them online. There were so many different problem-solving events that we had to take part in. So I don't know that people always give themselves credit for the creative aspect uh, of their lives and how they contribute to their own innovation and uh, moving forward on things. So our program largely is, it's a PhD or MA in humanistic psychology, but the creativity studies specialization allows students to tap into different areas. We have creativity at work. We have introduction to what we're now calling creativity, innovation, and leadership. We're teaching about the theories and models of not only creativity, but certain aspects of leadership, uh, mostly around creative and aesthetic leadership and innovation, uh, who are the leaders, the thought leaders in those areas. We also have a course on the, the application 
of these constructs. And the reason that we started moving in this new direction was so that we could um, expand not only the marketability of the of the specialization, but also um, really highlight how people can use creativity, whether it's in, in a work environment, in an artistic environment, in a writing environment, there are all kinds of ways that we can be creative. So it really enhances your psychology degree. Got it. So it's, it's, a, it's the add-on to your PhD in psychology. If you want to get something, get more skills, more knowledge and creativity, but also leadership and innovation, this is the specialization program for you. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Why leadership and innovation attacked on you? You alluded to that, but I, I think, wow, that's, that, that's an, quite an expansion in this space. And maybe, what is this ascetic leadership of which you speak? <laughs> so the reason we were conceptualizing broadening the uh, the specialization was because creativity on its own isn't always embraced as a construct or an idea. This is well respected in our Western society as it often is in Eastern societies. Uh, where people are encouraged to make their life about creativity. Uh, where in the West, we always see it as more like um, sort of a fluff sort of thing, sort of uh, that's just for having fun that you are creative, whether you're doing sculpture or writing or music, dance, any of those things, as opposed to making it a life goal. So we all innovate all the time. We're always taking the ideas that we have in creativity and creating product or something as an outcome of that. So we really wanted to focus on not only the theoretical and the models of it, but what can we do with it? How can we use it in a very applied way? And also we are effectively thought leaders in this area and bringing to the world how we can use creativity and innovation in a business environment. Uh, we have students that are doing their research on change agentry. Uh, that's our student, Janelle King. Uh, Amy Murray is, a, is someone who really does a deep dive into the technology. She's exploring a lot of the AI stuff that we can use. And we even used, because uh, we were uh, trying to assist marketing and how to um, how to broaden the the, the scope of student uh, access beyond just traditional academics and moving into the other world. And she used ChatGPT, which is highly controversial right now, but it's a very creative aspect of artificial intelligence, and we use that in a way to search out what would be a good uh, venue and venues that we could tap into uh, to access new students. And it was really fascinating. Uh, so we gave um, Itzel and Karen a whole list of uh, ways to, exp to explore this. That's awesome. So if I'm a student, whether a master's or PhD, and I say, hey, Dr. Cleave, I want to do the specialization, can you give me a few skills? You, you Again, you've sort of tapped into this, but maybe some specific outcomes that I might be able to expect to take with me to the workplace, to my college or university that I'm teaching at, to a school, maybe just a few examples there. 
Sure. Uh, one of the courses that we're, we're dipping back into is expressive arts. So a lot of the clinic, clinical students that we're working with at Saybrook can uh, tap into what they're probably doing anyway, sort of informally, where they're encouraging their clients to uh, express through imagery, uh, things that are really difficult to put into words. Sometimes you can capture by bringing in a photograph, by bringing, by creating images, creating sculptures, those kinds of things. So I think it really enhances the clinical and therapeutic process of connecting with folks, especially with kids and older adults. Um, and then, you know, in, in other ways, we have some students who have a master's degree in fine arts. And so what they want to do is connect with psychology in a way that they understand uh, how to help the kids that they're working with, maybe their art teachers or a dance teacher, and they're understanding more of the psychology that's behind it. So if you're coming to us creatively, then we're gonna help you with the psychological components of it. If you come to us psychologically or business oriented, we're gonna tap into the creative piece with you. So we really want to bridge those things and help innovate and help you be a leader in, in the dialogues about how we can assist. You know, One of the things that we're doing through the, uh, we're calling it CIL now, the CIL program is we often do seminars where we invite outside guest speakers to come and talk. But what we were becoming aware of is the need for creative and innovative ways to address not only the gun violence that's happening, but violence in general. So we started an initiative uh, through the program and people can come to this um, who, if they're in CS, CIL or not, and uh, we have faculty involved in it. Uh, but what it is, is we're calling it uh, nonviolent communication and iconographic imagery, mm. where we're looking at how image can inform peaceful ways to negotiate and communicate with other people. It's a huge, huge lift because we're constantly in the throes of the next um, crisis that's happening, whether it's a mass shooting or a man-made disaster, a natural disaster. But we're trying to figure out ways that we can support other people and teach them how to communicate in ways that are effective, but also peaceful and nonviolent. This sounds like an absolutely amazing specialization, Dr. Cleve. Well done. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I know the impetus was, you, you kind of said, it, you, well, you didn't kind of, you said marketing and also expanding this, but what was the inspiration? I mean, there was the underlying inspiration behind launching this. Our students. Ah. One of the things that I try to do is talk with our students in, in, in environments that aren't only in the classroom. I mean, we do have these dialogues within the courses, but we also get together as a community. We have a canvas shell that's specifically for creative, creativity, innovation, and leadership community workspace. So we invite people to take part in that. They can put up whatever medium they like to work in. Uh, we make announcements about conferences, about different ways that they can be involved in the different creative organizations around the world. But 
in talking with our students, uh, they understood that there were certain limitations about what the models and the theory were giving us, as opposed to what we might be able to tap into uh, for them to take that with them into their workplaces, into the environments that they're existing in. Uh, so we were thinking about how do we apply the traditional creativity studies aspects to our world? You know, how do we take it out there? And how do we identify when we are being thought leaders and aesthetic leaders in the idea that we're sharing something creative and we're not always taking, you know, ownership of it, right? It's not about being the next eminent creative. We're not going to be the next Michelangelo or the Da Vinci's, right? We're going to be the people that are accessing creativity every day in, in multiple formats. Warms my heart to hear that it's student-led, student-driven. Yes, that's that's just amazing. And, you know, and just for the audience, so many ideas come from faculty, and that's a good thing. No one's saying that's a bad thing, but the traction really comes when students and faculty together are building, you know, something new or different or making a slight change. So <clears throat> awesome. So students can prospective students can find this where on the Saybrook website? How do we get to this new specialization? So it, we're in the process of transitioning the name um, and we're, I'm actually rewriting the website descriptions right now. But as it stands, you can go into the humanistic psychology programs and find the creativity studies specialization until we completely morph into the CIL. So we're, we're in this really odd transition right now in all aspects of it. We're rewriting courses, we're updating them. You know, we're looking at new adjunct faculty that uh, can really bring something to this. We have um, an alum, Melinda Rothhaus, who's going to be teaching a new course for us called Creativity, Individuation, and Depth Psychology. So she's going to be tapping into Jungian concepts and how those can be used as a way of understanding our own creative processes. And like I said, we have the Expressive Arts Group. Um, we've brought in Genev Hine to do that, uh, who I, is a colleague of mine from International Psychology. So, and she's doing therapy work and she's doing expressive arts. So we're thinking about how we might be able to expand that program um, and uh, work towards registration for our expressive arts students as well. Fantastic. All right. Well, Dr. Cleave, awesome description. Very concise, clear. I'm excited. I want to take it. I want to teach in this thing if I can. I mean, that would be wonderful. <laughs> um, you've made it so enticing and very, well, you're very great. A musician. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I even draw badly. So, you know, I can do all sorts of horrible things oh, okay. with art. Yeah. <laughs> so before we take off today, we're going to give you another round of opportunity to do the quick take questions for us here on Saybrook Insights. Okay. The first is... What does the term humanistic mean to you? And we're going to compare it from the first time and see how close you got. <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty consistent. What we, what I conceptualize as humanistic, and to be honest with you, um, I recently attended the Division 32 conference on humanistic psychology, the society. 
And Gina Belton and I work closely together on a lot of different committees. And I learned so much from that conference uh, just in listening to the seminal authors um, talking and sharing and giving us that, that memory of what happened through the course of humanistic psychology as a force in psychology. But what I always come away with is the idea that we're working with the entirety of the person and we're moving in a direction where we're not just focusing on the cognitive, but what we're now calling more of the embodiment of the feelings that are tied to those cognitions. And it really helps us to understand in a, in a much broader way how, how folks can deliver themselves in totality to come to the conversations as the whole person and whether it's intersectionally or however we want to define that and the cultural piece of it is is so critical as well i think humanistic psychology is embracing that now beautiful all right well thank you so the last question um, it's the, 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 the three takeaways. So, uh, what is someone, what is something someone can do right now to improve their health, their mental health, help make the world a better place, any, all of those things, however you want to combine them? I think one of the things that we're doing artistically and image wise is you're taking photos with your phone all the time. Take pictures of things that really mean something to you that you're passionate about and develop a narrative with those uh, so that you can understand a lot more about the motivation of doing that. Read, you know, very often we're into this mode of two or three seconds, you know, and our, our attention is gone. Do something that you want to explore and, and read about it in detail. And also, tap into a creative side of yourself. Go and do, if you're a terrible drawer, who cares? Who's gonna see it? You draw if that's something that you like or play music or dance or do something that allows that creative spirit to move about you and through you. Beautiful. Robert, awesome job as always. You're a great faculty member, great leader in our community. We're lucky to have you as are our students. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on the web? And I know you're a creative in a major way. You also create some pretty amazing glasswork, if I'm not mistaken. So tell the group where, where we can find you. Yeah. So the glasswork is on glassco.colorado.org. So G-L-A-S-S-C-O dot O-R-G. At Saybrook, I'm simply rcleave at saybrook.edu. And if you have questions or thoughts, uh, please reach out. I'm happy to talk with you about the specialization and how we can uh, bring you into the fold. It's a wonderful community that we're developing. Outstanding. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate your time today. Really great job, Dr. Cleve. Fabulous, fabulous. I hope you all enjoyed Robert as much as I did. Remember his three major takeaways. Take pictures of things that mean something to you that you're passionate about and tell a story. Read. Do something you want to explore and tap into that creative side of yourself. Whatever it is. Draw, paint, do music, whatever. Uh, and you don't have to be quote unquote 
good at it. Just find your outlet. If you want to see the YouTube version, please visit our Saybrook YouTube page. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go to Apple iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you can get episodes as they come out. If you're on Spotify, leave that five-star rating and make sure to follow us. And you can, of course, subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, including Google, Stitcher, Pandora, and many others. Remember to check out our show notes for information on today's guests, including links to websites, books, etc. For more about our university, go to www.saybrook.edu. Click on areas of study at the top of the page and locate the psychology, creativity, studies, specialization. Now, that's going to change, but you'll get there with creativity. Or simply Google Saybrook University Psychology Creativity get you right there. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for your time today. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Be well.